0: Welcome to the very first episode of Jabber Jockey Podcast. My name's Rick, and I am here with Evan and Chris, and we are today doing a segment we like to call Scrub Text. Now, Scrub Text is when one of us sends out a message to the others, and we get together within 24 hours and discuss that topic. No extensive research, nothing crazy. We're all working our jobs and living our lives and this is what we got for you today. The subject I sent out was: Should the NBA start with playoffs right away, or should we go into the final twenty-something games, uh, eighteen games, something like that? Uh, Evan, what are you thinking?
1: Well, um, obviously, being a Bucks fan, I would I would lean heavily towards continuing you know, the season in some sense, whether it be a reduced schedule of some way or or just, just finishing up, you know, the last couple of weeks of the season there. Um, but as I was thinking about it, the entertainment value and in fan interest draw would be just incredible if you just go straight into a, a playoff-style um, bracket um, where, I mean, you, you can include every team. Um, I think that would be kind of okay in this situation. Obviously, you're, you can handicap it enough where, you know, those top, eight, 16 teams are still, still have a good chance of, of making it far.
0: So interesting. Um, Chris, what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement. I, I also would like to see some sort of regular season, um, whether it be, you know, uh, even just a week or two, just for players to get back into playing motion rather than just jump into the tournament. Um, but I would love to see some sort of March madness style tournament like there. Proposing. I think that would be amazing. What do you? I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, the validity of the championship winner? Do You think there'd be an asterisk by it, or do you think it would actually be even cooler? Or what are you guys' thoughts on that?
0: So, in my opinion, uh, if they just jumped into an entire league uh, tournament, I assume you are thinking one-game elimination style like they do in college. I I think that there would be a MJ-LeBron-style split there. I think that half the people it, that hate the team that won are going to say, well, this wasn't a normal championship. Everybody that loves that team is going to say this was much harder than a regular playoff. I think that um, me personally, I think that... It's tougher, uh, especially with everything that came out with the Last Dance. To watch how many back and forths there's always been. It's not just a recent thing. Uh, sweeps are not common. So,
1: oh, see, I'm I'm kind of I, I'm with you on that. Where it's going to be a split regardless. Um, kind of what I've looked at, like what what I think they should do for for the bracket, where you can still make it you know, you can still have it be long enough where you can have best of five, best of seven, you know, when you get it down to your last, you know, maybe eight to 10 teams there, you can, you can really get it, get it going that way. Um, but I mean, honestly, I think what they did this whole playoff thing that they are proposing it, it's going to be more terms of, Hey, how can we roll into the next season and have it be somewhat normal where everything isn't continually pushed off and they, they start rushing things. Um, obviously they've already pushed back the draft and all that. So I, I think the NBA is, is solely looking for how are we going to make things as normal as possible in the future? Um, I think everyone understands this isn't normal. Like we're, they're they're going to be jumping into something where there's going to be a lot of contention.
0: So it was your question, Chris, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, uh, sorry to switch gears by the way, for a moment there, but I, I honestly think that it it would be uh it, it, I think it would be held in a different regard, but I don't think it would be worse. I think it would be unique. And I think it would honestly be awesome to, to be the winner of it. I, I don't know in terms of, you know, comparing it to other championships and, and everything, I guess, I don't know how that would work. I, w- I would think it, it should fall in there. Um, my personal feeling is the, the season deserves an ending and it deserves a champion in some fashion. Um, maybe that's, you know, the Bucks fan in me. Cause I think all of us Bucks fans are really excited about this season and really high hopes for it. But, you know, I, I think it would be, be an awesome thing to experience either way, no matter who wins. Possibly, you know, the only time we get to see it.
0: Yeah. So I think that they should do both. I think that they should take, for example, Eastern conference, they should take Brooklyn and Orlando Uh, the seven and eight seed and put in Washington, Charlotte, Chicago, and New York in a bubble uh, in that bubble range there. And they should do a six team like single game elimination tournament. Um, The seven and eight seed get a buy in that first week. You match up the four bubble teams and then they take on Brooklyn and Orlando after they win. And then they get the seven and eight seed. The only thing that makes that a bit tougher is the Western Conference. There's only really one team, Memphis, that is in danger of being caught. But there's a lot more teams closer to that bubble. So you're looking at Phoenix, Sacramento, San Antonio, New Orleans, and Portland uh, with Memphis. And then I guess you would have to give Portland, even though they're not in the playoff picture right now, uh, the bye. No, Rick, I'm – what do you guys Yeah, think I'm, I'm
1: glad you I'm glad you kind of jumped into your your hypotheticals there where you know you sounds like you're cutting it down to you know still only using the you know the conferences and the top 8 teams there um where you know if I if I was to create something I'd go more of using everybody just completely eliminate the conferences um but then you're kind of breaking it off into separate brackets until you get it down to your, your your 16 teams there so you still are giving a few teams there the the opportunity, which might be unfair, the opportunity to, you know, play a few games before even playing somebody that's any good. Um, So the way I kind of was doing that was you have your bottom 10 teams plus, plus, so basically bottom 12 teams. um, And, you know, they're all playing, playing one, a single elimination game against, you know, the matchup there, depending on their seating. Um, And then from that, they go in and play the remaining, another play-in bracket, Um, obviously versus um, the eight teams that aren't locked into the playoffs. So I I basically locked in the top eight teams in the league in the playoffs. And then all the other teams are kind of in that play in scenario. Um, And then once you get to the actual top 16, I have it where you're playing a best of five and then a best of seven um, to finish off the tournament. So you're still getting that, Hey, anything can happen, but once you get it down to those best teams, you know, the best team's always going to prevail.
0: Yeah. No, I can see that. That, I think that's a cool thought process. My only hesitation about that is if you lock in a team like Memphis, how many times did they have to play the Lakers compared to Portland? Yeah, You know, so that's like my thought process there of taking those uh, bottom of the playoffs currently and making them have to compete for those spots and so we eliminate teams like golden state who said we lost steph let's get that number one pick give them that number one pick give them their tanking uh prize i guess but um just use a couple of teams to get into that eight and then run the playoffs as normal was kind of my thought process uh with what you've heard from evan and i chris where yours what what's your thought there
2: yeah, I mean, I think those are both really good ideas. Um, like I said, my my biggest thing is just seeing some sort of ending to the season. Um, I think uh, I, I do like your idea of this, you know, six team single game elimination tournament. Um, you know, to determine the the final teams in there. I think I definitely think that's a great idea. Um, I like Evan's idea too because it it definitely, uh, like he said, anything can happen but um, it has some, some series there at the end instead of just the, the single-game elimination tournaments all the way through, um, like it sounds like they're, they're thinking about doing. So I think that gives a better chance to teams like the Bucks who are more complete teams, but, you know, definitely have a tendency to have off games.
0: Well, yeah. Definitely. In your, in your scenario, Evan, do the teams that lose then compete against each other for the picks? for the draft like do you have to win the game of the worst team to get the first pick or because obviously you could just tank and lose that last game if it was the worst record gets that pick what's your yeah no
1: i i i obviously i didn't really you know think too much into that initially but now that you're saying it i would honestly i would probably just use the current the current records the current everything there um and I kind of wanted to get back anyways to your, cause you mentioned the, you mentioned the Warriors there and I think they're, they're intriguing. Like they're, they're yes, they're the worst team in the league um, this season, but say you include them in this, in this, you know, in a single elimination tournament of, of some kind or, or just allow them to participate. They're getting Clay Thompson back. They, they could very easily with Curry, Clay Steph. Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, you know, beat a couple of the really bad teams and get into these series against you know against a Celtics or a Jazz and and beat them um and you know who knows what can happen from there
0: yeah yeah which uh, then brings me back to not to tear your whole theory apart but do they still get the number 1 pick even if they go all the way and manage to win the <laughs> exactly and that's
1: that's the tricky thing cuz i mean also with the lottery you know yes they're the worst team but the cavaliers are right there with them it's it's not like you know the worst team's always been guaranteed the number one pick. We've some we've seen some pretty crazy things there. So, unless you want to remove them yeah. if they get so far in the tournament, I mean, but that's a whole nother whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, I guess that gets into maybe how many games you win. We take away a few balls from you in the lottery. Yep. You know, cool, cool thought process that's there. Um, I really hope they do something like this. That wouldn't make things very interesting has anybody seen anything um i haven't seen anything in the last week about what they are planning to do with
2: games um there isn't anything i don't think set in stone but it sounds like they're they're looking to um play some games in uh disneyland i believe i I always get the disney's confused uh, to be honest but um but uh they're gonna be Partnering with Disney for some games, it seems like, and I think they're just trying to figure out how many they're going to play at one time. Um, obviously, trying to maximize profits there. Um, but I don't think they've fully decided on if there's going to be a regular season or just a tournament, or really what it's going to look like yet.
1: Yeah, I, I also so I think I think they threw around like Las Vegas or, or you know yeah something like that, or maybe there's a couple different. I don't maybe I'm confusing that with with a different sport, but. Um, Yeah, I'm sure they've thrown around a couple locations that are pretty centered where you can have all the teams there or half the teams there.
0: Yeah, uh, Disney is definitely going to be able to hold all of the teams and probably a couple family members because I assume nobody's going to want to spend a couple months away from all of their family. Um, So and they got the wide world of sports or something like that center. Um, So definitely going to. Be capable. It's Disney. They're one of the richest companies out there. So um, if they did just straight go into the playoffs, how do you guys see that playing out? Chris, give me your predictions. Let's start with the eight one in the East. You got Milwaukee or Orlando. Tough one, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, I, I I gotta be honest, boys. I put a lot of thought into this one. Um, I'm going to go with Milwaukee though.
0: Yeah, I assume, uh, Evan, you got Milwaukee for that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't don't think it'd be a straight sweep, but I give the Bucks a couple games there, maybe a six-game series at best. But yeah, I think it's a pretty easy walk.
0: I disagree completely. I think that's a 4-0 sweep. Gordon and uh, Vucevic is coming along a lot, but I just don't think that they can match up with Middleton and Antetokounmpo.
2: Yeah, Orlando gets one at the most. Um. <laughs>
0: uh, I does anybody not see the Lakers sweeping Memphis? No, no, yeah,
2: no, no. <laughs> I way. love John Morant, Um, but no, I, I, no.
0: I, I'm hoping that they do have some sort of plan to get Memphis out of there. I would much rather see a Portland or a New Orleans team, um, make that at least uh, not a sweep. Yeah, I'm very
1: probably hating on Jay Morant
0: and going towards
1: uh, Zion there, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would rather see Zion, but I mean, even uh, Ingram, Ingram had an amazing season. Um, I mean, uh, in my opinion, candidate for most improved player.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I would
0: agree.
2: Huge Ingram fan myself.
0: uh dallas clippers uh i think that this won't be a sweep but uh, clippers are gonna take that right oh
1: yeah no definitely definitely uh definitely clippers um obviously there's there's not much of a honestly there's probably not much of a talent gap there but the experience uh of Qui leonard and and playoff p might might be too much there just in, in general
2: yeah, I would agree. Um, I it's very hard for me to go against Kawhi in the playoffs, and this certainly isn't a situation where where I would do so.
0: I agree. I I got Clippers in six. Um, I think that Doncic uh, has a breakout game. I'm thinking probably 42, 45 points, something like that, in one of those games that they pull off.
2: Uh, what a, but i nice um, them though.
0: I I don't think that they would have Kawhi guarding him. I think you have to have Kawhi guarding Porzingis, don't,
1: don't you? you? Um, I don't know. I think I think Harold Harold could probably handle that. He's a pretty physical guy.
0: Harold got tra- traded over to the next. Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. And they they're really they're really uh pushing it for size too then.
0: Harold's in New York. I can't I think they might have gotten Mitchell Robinson. I'm not sure. So you could argue that Mitchell Robinson would guard if that was the trade. I can't remember the exact details, but Harrell was, uh, I had him beating out Lou for sixth man of the year this year, but I wasn't able to follow him as closely in New York.
2: I didn't realize that
0: trade happened either. That's crazy. Maybe it's Julius Randle they got. I can't remember. That'd be impressive. But yeah, uh, Harold is no longer in LA. Wow. So, um, regardless, I think Doncic at least one game. That's just my opinion. Um, I mean, he has gone off with LeBron covering him. I think that Kawhi is a better defender, but I mean, not a big enough gap from LeBron where it's, I mean, LeBron was having to protect his reputation as not, giving up the spot of King yet with all mm-hmm. the talks of Doncic becoming the next LeBron or not LeBron specifically, but the next star. So I think he had something to prove and was given it his best.
1: I, I think that's an interesting matchup just in general, because I mean, both those teams, I think they're pretty pretty well suited for if if we got back to playing tomorrow, I think both of those teams are still still upper echelon on talent wise, where
0: they're not going to be much of a drop off. I agree. So here is the big one. Brooklyn versus Toronto is KD back is Kyrie healthy. What does that series look like to you? Let's start with Chris this time.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really tough one. I mean, I guess I haven't been following um, the, the Brooklyn situation to know what their injuries are like and where, if they'd be back in time, Um I mean, I think if KD and Kyrie are back, then I, I it'd be hard to choose, against, or it'd be hard to pick against them. You know, I mean, even even knowing that they haven't really played together much yet, I I still would have to go with them. Um, but otherwise, obviously, I would have to go with Toronto. I'm a, I'm a big Siakam guy. I think that uh, he can take over to be the number one for that team, and I think he's gonna possibly uh, show us a little something in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, when does
0: star power overcome coaching? Evan, what's your thought on that matchup?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, there's a little bit more to the Brooklyn situation than, than we think. I mean, obviously they just, they just fired their coach too. So, I mean, I think there's more of a shit show there than than anything. Um, and the, the Raptors, that organization is just, you know, they just hum along. So I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say the Raptors coming out of this kind of tumultuous time, I think they're going to, you know, be able to stay together enough and, there's no way, there's no way Kyrie, I don't think he will be back. He had, you know, season ending knee surgery. He wasn't, I think his timetable was next fall. So um, I, I don't think that either way, I think the Raptors are winning that series, whether Kyrie and KD are on the floor.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Kyrie's going to make it back. I think KD has a shot at um, but one individual is not going to beat one of the most cohesive teams in the league right now um i think that uh toronto takes it and probably five good
2: good go yeah i would agree without both of them I, I don't think brooklyn stands much of a chance yeah so denver rockets Denver
1: Rockets. Um, star, if you mean, if you're going star part, if you want to, if you want to see the stars there, you definitely want to lean towards the, towards the Rockets. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the Nuggets, how they're going to be, you know, meshing together. Cause I know they struggled right away at the beginning of the season there until, you know, probably a quarter of the way through when they really caught their caught their win there. Um, so, I mean, I would, I would probably lean Rockets. I think they would probably be able to jump out quicker. Um, without having the, the fallback of having everyone mesh back together.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking, Chris? Uh I would go Nuggets on this one. I I really don't I I don't know. I'm I'm still not behind the Rockets uh small ball situation and I, I just don't know that they would match up well against the Nuggets. So I'm going Nuggets.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that um, I had Harrell as my pick early on in the season uh, to outdo Lou Williams for sixth man. But I mean, after everything I saw, Eric Gordon, I think, is probably a really good candidate for sixth man. And I I know you don't like the small ball, but I think the versatility that they have with that small ball, with setting up different types of matchups, he got probably. Two, three different people playing three different positions. You can always set up good matchups. I got the Rockets taking that one, probably in seven. Though,
1: Rick, are you thinking that the um, Westbrook's going to be a more dominant player in the playoffs than Harden, or is is Harden still going to be that that driving force? Uh,
0: that's that's a tough one. I R- R- Russell Westbrook has been doing this thing where he's like pretending that he's okay with being number two (laughs) (laughs) and he'll just have his flashes here and there uh if the Rockets lose I think it's going to be because Russell Westbrook tries to do too much Mm -hmm. I think if they win that Harden is the dominant force there great question what brought it up what are you thinking
1: well I mean it's obviously neither of those players have really had a whole lot of, of playoff success in terms of making it, you know, to the big games and, and stuff like that. I mean, I know Russell, I mean, they both been to a, in a, a NBA championship, obviously getting destroyed by LeBron. Um, but I mean, individually they haven't really done much. I just didn't know if, if you were thinking, Hey, Westbrook, he's, he's got this driving force of, of small ball. He can get the rebounds. He can do everything. And then James Harden, where he has the times where he can disappear. Um, yes, not as inefficient as Westbrook, but can still kind of disappear in those big situations.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting point. I honestly think that that's why they can get away with the small ball, the point that you're making about all of the versatility in Westbrook's game. I just think that in a big moment – after being off, I don't think he's going to remember that the best success came with him um, taking the open shots and not creating as much. Um, When he gets back to creating, he gets on a good run and then he starts taking heat check shots that can put them into a hole, at least with uh, Oklahoma City, he was doing that. So I I think that um, when they're both playing the roles that they were playing, that uh, Houston can have a great game. But make an excellent point. When Harden disappears, the team is nowhere to be found as a whole.
1: Chris, you got anything to add to this?
2: Uh, I mean, I think you guys pretty much covered all of it. I, you know, I, I, uh, I do think that the small ball does work for them because of how versatile Westbrook is and their their team in general. Um, I'm a big Robert Covington guy too, but uh, I, I don't know. I still, I, I just don't feel like they have everything figured out. They don't have the chemistry figured out and, and the Nuggets are a, a pretty complete team. They, they have their issues and this wasn't their strongest year, but I think they're a complete team and I think they would overcome the Rockets.
1: Is that a four game sweep for you?
2: No, no. I would say that, uh, I mean, I'm thinking that series goes to seven games for sure either way.
0: I think we are all kind of on the same page of that being a tough matchup for any team. So let's get to my favorite matchup, the 3-6 in the East. My team, the Boston Celtics against the 76ers, a longtime rivalry. Coming back one more time here this year, uh, what do you guys got? Let's start with you, Tok, since I know how much you love to talk about the Sixers better than the Celtics.
2: Oh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to start here. Um, you know, I think this would definitely be another seven-game series. I'll start by saying that. Um, but I, I definitely have the 76ers here. Um, and, and, and the main reason for that is uh, I think Al Horford, Dominates the Celtics in that game. God, I hear you <laughs> in that series. Are you no longer now Horford fan,
0: Rick? I, uh, I respect the man's game. <clears throat> that's, that's all I got to say about that.
2: He, he seems to do well in the playoffs, you know, as, as a Bucks fan, I've, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, shut up.
0: Um, Evan, oh, let's go to you. I need to calm my nerves.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, the, the whole Al Horford thing is not a not a pleasant situation. He definitely will do something, um, in the playoffs against the Celtics, but I don't think it'll be enough because honestly, the 76ers, just as the Nets are, are an equal shit show right now. Um, I mean. Before before this whole thing happened and went down, they were playing one of the worst. But they were, they were awful. They were playing awful. Um, they were I think they are hanging on to what, like yeah, the sixth seed there. And that's just in the east. Um, they were on a downward spiral. So it could go two ways for them. If Embiid's if healthy and he can maintain a, a high level of play, they might win. You know, they might take it a seven. But I, I think that the, the Celtics with Kemba and, and just the coaching staff and those young players, are, they're going to walk through that one.
0: Yeah. So I agree for the most part. My biggest concern is how young the Celtics are. What have they been doing in this time off? Um, I hope uh, Tatum was really listening when he was spending that time with Kobe in the sense of work ethic. I hope that he's been trying to get into a gym. I read an article that he's one of the players that has not been able to touch a basketball since this thing started So. It worries me. He's young. Uh, how quickly can he get back into rhythm? Um, it's it's scary for me, but I, I think that not just athletically, um, because I think they have a slight edge athletically. I think after you get past... Um, ...that there's a giant drop-off in talent in the Sixers. Um, no offense to L Horford, but he is getting up there in age... Um, so his athleticism isn't there. His shot is still wet, but he's just not athletic. He's not dunking the way he used to. He's laying it up a little bit more, um, but uh, I think that, that cohesively um, they they know what they're doing out there. Uh, with Kyrie gone, they know that it's a team effort to win those games, and they're doing well with it. So I, I got the Celtics in I'm hoping six, but Again, based on uh, this whole break, yeah, that they could be falling apart because of their youth.
2: In all, in all seriousness, though, I would like to point out that there's there's been some extreme disrespect to Tobias Harris's name. He just signed yeah. a massive contract this year. He just had, he just had a massive contract this year, and I understand that he's not. I wouldn't put him at the same tier with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid necessarily but I would say that he's right under there. And I would also say that he's really good in the sense that he knows his place on the team. He doesn't try to do too much. And when he, he needs to take over, he does.
0: That's an excellent point. Um, I, I did disrespect Tobias Harris there a little bit. I think that he is got a more round game than Ben Simmons. And I think that Quite he's literally. probably more pivotal, pivotal to that team. Um, that's, that's my bad. I complete <laughs> oversight. Yeah. Hey, hey Rick. Okay. So if, if,
1: if you're, if you're in mind, predictions come true. What are the 76ers doing here? They have blown it all up. They fire and fire in the coach doing everything. What, what's going on there?
0: Um. So I think they fire the coach and either Embiid or Ben Simmons gets traded. Probably Embiid.
2: Embiid and his diarrhea go bye-bye. but he's better than ben simmons he is
0: better than ben simmons but ben simmons is got a higher ceiling in my opinion if he can put that shot together his athleticism is better than Embiid's. are
1: they i think they're about the same age aren't they i think they're both around what 22 23 maybe
0: Uh, I think uh, Embiid is a couple years older than Simmons. I want to say that Simmons is only 22. Um, And if I were to guess, I would say Embiid is about 24,
2: 25. Not to get too far off track, but, but can we just say how dominant the 76ers could be if they wouldn't have drafted Markel Fultz and they would have drafted somebody else with that high pick again? Crazy to look back on and think about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but they've had they've had several picks blow up in their face. I mean, everyone remembers Nerling's Noel and Jalil Okafor. I mean, I mean, just think yeah. they'd take. I mean, they, they'd have it a whole their whole starting five plus the six man would be unstoppable.
2: Could have been the next yeah, time. Yeah. Who else
0: uh, went in the top three when they drafted Markel Folts? Uh, was that the that wasn't the Jason Tatum year? Was it?
2: No. Wasn't. It?
1: Uh-uh. Celtics have had, like, a top five pick in the last, like, four drafts.
0: Yeah, usually acquired from a trade of some sort. I want to say that was Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum.
1: Ah, uh, might have been. Yeah, it might have been the – yep, because it was 2017. Uh, nope, it was – so, yep, Lonzo is two, Jason Tatum three, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic were the big names from that one. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, just yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not writing off Markel Fultz yet though I mean again he's only 22 23 and actually no he's younger well, than that he's only 21 and he's right. he's, well, 21, my- he's he gets a shot together he's fine
2: yeah I guess my point is is they have given up on him already so he's not going to benefit them anymore um, so I mean maybe you can say if they hadn't traded Markel Fultz later down the road but at this point they have so they've given up on him so I guess that's kind of where I was going with that Imagine if they would have drafted uh, anybody else, though.
1: Yeah. I I mean, who knows what Lonzo, uh, what LeVar Ball's doing in in Philadelphia. The the whole city might burn down.
2: (laughs) There's always a possibility of that.
0: (laughs) Lonzo is one of those situations where I think that he would be a better player if he wasn't dealing with all of his baggage all the time. Uh, He isn't... then he just cut ties with his... Um, he signed with a new agent and everything. I heard about that. I, I didn't get much details, but I did hear that he got a new agent. I can't remember why. But let's get through these last two first round matchups. Um, let's go Utah OKC. Ooh, that's that's an ugly one.
1: Uh, that that uh, that one might not draw much fan interest. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with the Jazz, though. Um, a little bit more cohesive unit. Not not quite as young of players. Still have Donovan Mitchell, um, and go right back to Chris Paul. Can you can he win it by himself? I don't I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's
0: that's. I think that'll be
1: a five five six game series.
0: Yeah. Um, Chris, what what are you thinking?
2: Um, I'm going Jazz for sure. Um, i think – Rudy Gobert's uh, rim-protecting ability. Donovan Mitchell, I think they, they won that one. I would say in, in six, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris I Paul, am... something this year?
0: Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Uh, I'm absolutely shocked that Chris Paul stayed on the Thunder all season. And I think that... They pull off the upset here as much as I really like Donovan Mitchell and what they're doing out in Utah. I think they're going to be a good team in the next couple of years, but I just don't think Mike Conley can keep up with Chris Paul. And I think uh, Gallinari is a great shooter that's going to put a lot together for them on the nights that Chris Paul's not hitting them.
1: don't don't you forget that that Mike Conley did win the uh the horse competition so he could you know he could rip something out there
0: yeah when he's not having to run when he's not being guarded (laughs) I, I mean he's a professional basketball player I would hope that he could hit some shots and I would hope that he played around a little bit as a kid and had some tricks up his sleeves but He's not going to be able to do that stuff in a seven-game series with Chris Paul in front of him. Chris Paul takes his cookies twelve times in that series. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we'll see what Chris Paul can do. He's, he's uh, he doesn't show up sometimes, just like his buddy James Harden.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, but I think that Gallinari is going to be able to. Help with that, and then the great thing is, is you just sub him out for uh, Shy uh, Gilgorius Alexander, and uh, you got a nice, tall, um, solid, young point guard there as well. And you always always forget about
1: Galinari. I think uh, he's had he's had some solid season. He just never really put it all together to be the the star everyone thought he was going to be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Crystal will elevate him there, though. You know.
0: We know Chris Paul can uh, set up some shots. Yeah. To uh, caveat this, I think that OKC wins it in five or loses it in seven. If it goes past five games, uh, the Jazz are going to take it. They need to put it together quickly. But as soon as Chris Paul tends to lose it, it takes him a few games to get it back. And Gallinari can't be uh, good enough. Consistently enough, so. And uh, last first round matchup, uh, Pacers Miami, a four seed that plays like a two seed. I I think Miami takes that from the Pacers, um, probably five games.
2: Chris, yeah, I mean I'm in agreement there. Um, I, the Heat are one of the scariest teams in the East, if you ask me. Um I I, I would I will g- also give the Pacers one game. Um assuming all the depot's healthy. I will give them one game. Uh, I would agree. Uh, heat in five.
1: I uh, I hate to play devil's advocate, but I I do like the heat. I I like what they have there with uh, Jimmy Butler, obviously one of my favorite players. Um but I, I just think like that's going to be a dogfight. Like both those teams, those those franchises, with the Heat with their winning culture, uh, and the Pacers, of course, play it their way or the highway. Um, I, I just think I think that'll be a dogfight to seven games, and I, I just think the Pacers are gonna are gonna roll out with that, with Olin Depot being the the superior offensive player in that in that series. Um, they still have Miles Turner down there. Um, I, I just. It's that that's a it's a coin flip, but I'm I'm leaning
0: towards Pacers there. How many games? Uh, seven, seven for sure. I can't give that to you, man. Jeremy Lamb has been on and off the court so many times with his injuries. Turner's had his injury. I mean. Uh, Oladipo,
1: Depot, but the heater, the, heat the same way, though. Gordon Dragic, going, he, he gets hurt every other week, and you still got young players there, and Tyler Hero and, and Kendrick Nunn. I mean, who knows if they're going to fold or, or show up? Um, I mean, both both teams have one superior player, and that's Jimmy Butler and Oladipo. Depot. Um, Goran, when he is on the court, yeah, but he's he's at this point in his career, he's a big if.
0: I, I mean, uh. Oh, geez, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but the power forward out there in, in uh, BNF, he, he, he... Oh, you're t- oh, um, oh uh, Sabonis. Yeah, yeah Sabonis. He
1: was an all-star. No, he was I an all-star.
0: The best player on that team, in my opinion. Uh, really? the But, but I, I think Sabonis is really the talent out there. Um, he's his solid. post-game is really good. Uh i just jimmy butler's work ethic is that in comparison to kobe and michael's work ethic um if he had just a little bit more talent we'd be talking about him instead of i don't know like steph whoever you consider to be the second best player in the league why i don't know um like he's absolutely amazing i watched an interview uh that he did like the kid gets up at five in the morning every single day off season regular season and he works out for hours he has a team that works for him and they are required to get up with him and do all this stuff like he runs a tight ship and i can guarantee you he will not have rust going into a playoff series that started um he's going to be the most prepared person on that court. And I think that's why they edged them out.
2: Yeah. I'm shocked that i would to pick against Jimmy Butler in the first round. Um, honestly, that shocks me.
1: And, I mean, I, I love me, Jimmy, but he can, he also has his history of, again, this might go back to Rick, you know, stating that he, he does have that Kobe, Michael Jordan work ethic mentality, you know, we're in the dog pound. Um, but you never know when you throw those guys in the fire
2: how they're going to react for the first time with with Kendrick Nunn and Hero and them. So fair enough, yeah, well, I agree. And I I, I do I, Evan did mention him when he thought you were talking about him, but uh, Bam out of bio too. And some more disrespect on not even being brought up. I guess that's partially my fault. I also didn't bring him up, but I think that uh, he's he's a force. And, and I... Yeah,
0: Bam again. I, Not to keep talking about what is apparently my favorite award, but a great award candidate. Um, Probably one of the top three there. Uh, Great talent. Um, You don't have to really worry about whoever he's covering. He can cover some of the best. Um, But, yeah, no, I think that was real cool, that first round talk. Um, Maybe we'll dig into later rounds based on these hypotheticals but it's a moot point at this point i want to transition real quick into the second part of the message i sent out which was if they went straight into the playoffs who is your mvp and so i'm going to frame this nice and pretty for everybody is there anybody here because i'll let you talk first that doesn't believe that ante decumbo should be mvp this year Hands down. All right. So. No. I will. Make this a pretty quick conversation then since we're all in agreement, there is absolutely nothing to talk about if we're all going to just mention his accolades. We all realize that he leads the league in defense of rating um, player efficiency rating. Uh, He's a great talent. I would say that if LeBron were to win it, there are a couple of things that are just unfair. <laughs> LeBron just has that nostalgic feel with the last dance coming out. He may get some votes for people that are like die hard. LeBron is better than uh, Jordan. They're just like, we need to get him another MVP so that we can catch him up give him some more accolades um his defensive efficiency rating was actually higher than ante Tacumbo's. and um with how badly last year went that's another thing that lebron has is the improvement factor that he took a team last year and by just adding as they'll put it anthony davis even though they added an entire like squad uh, he was able to do this. So that's my opinion. What would you tell those people that say that's why LeBron should be MVP? Uh, Evan, go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, I, I love LeBron. I'm, I'm probably a bigger LeBron fan than I am Giannis fan, but at this point in their careers, it's almost impossible to argue that Giannis is not the better player Um, in, in, LeBron also has Anthony Davis. It's not like, you know, Giannis is next. Chris Milton's a very nice player. He's an all-star. Um, but he he doesn't compare anywhere near what Anthony Davis is or can be at his best. Um, kind of going back on the point of, of you're saying that kind of LeBron, will, he will get some nostalgic, hey, throw him the bone. He deserved it after last year. And people don't realize he was having an amazing year last year as well <laughs> until he missed what 28 games or whatever it was and then when he came back the last 12 or whatever he he couldn't really click it again because the team was already you know long gone at that point um your only other options if you're not going to throw LeBron in there is James Harden or Kawhi I mean James Harden again amazing offensive player but he still has Russell Westbrook he 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 is such a ball dominant player it's hard to go for him And Kawhi also has Paul George. So Giannis is the clear-cut favorite here.
0: Okay, but um, so the coach for the Bucks, Budenhauser, I think it is? Yeah, unfortunately. Budenhauser, didn't he just win coach of the year last year? He did. He he did. He's done that a couple of times. Um, actually, maybe Giannis um, is only being successful because of great coaching. Where would you rank Vogel in the Coach of the Year? <laughs>
1: uh,
0: um, I mean,
1: as as a lot of other people would say, I'd say Vogel is more of an administrative assistant to LeBron. Um, but if you're going to throw him in the Coach of the Year, I'd still probably put him below. Budenholzer and the I don't know why he's skipping my name right now, but the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies head coach. Um, yes, they haven't had a you know great season, but they were a, a bottom feeder last year. And just by adding John Morant and having some turmoil, they
0: they really turned
1: that franchise around.
0: Gotcha. So from what I'm hearing is um that LeBron not only is one of the best players in the league, but he's also one of the best head coaches. He's coaching his team as he goes. So why doesn't that make him the
2: MVP, Chris? Well, I, I don't think it's fair to to use Evans' opinion to formulate a question. I'll, I'll play um, along anyways. I'll play along anyways. I I think that, um, Giannis is is MVP just purely based on how dominant he is and the fact that he does everything. Um, I mean, yes, LeBron has – he's been able to evolve his game. Um, I mean, he's hes hitting insane assist numbers this year. I, I don't have the stats right in front of me to compare the stats, but I have, what Giannis does in 29 to, you know, 30, 31 minutes a game is, is just insane. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that um, Evan brings up a great point. Middleton's – he's, you know, he's awesome, um, but he's not going to be the number one. On, on too many teams, whereas if you take A D off of the Lakers and you put him on a different team, he immediately becomes the number one on on a lot of teams and I think that um you know I th- I think that should factor in. Maybe it's not fair to, to hold that against LeBron, but um I don't know. I'm 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 biased of course, but I to be honest is just uh he's an insane force. He does it all and I don't know how you vote against him.
0: So let's break it down after that, though, just for devil's advocate's sake, if you want to talk about who stands next to your MVP candidate and you say Middleton's not as good as AD, but then you go down the line one more and you say Bledsoe, well, Bledsoe is probably better than Rajon Rondo. And then you go down the line one more time and you say Brooke Lopez probably still has a little bit more in the tank than either JaVale McGee or... Uh, Dwight Howard at this point. Uh, neither one of them had really had a surgence in their career. None of them are really uh, sinking threes and adapting their game at the level that Brooke Lopez is. So uh, if you want to try to take that away from LeBron, then let's talk about the next three, five, three to five people on the Bucks compared to the next three to five people on the Lakers. I I mean, you might say that the next best player after AD is what uh, Jordan Clarkson.
2: Um, hmm. so. I would love to tackle this one first if yeah. I could,
1: and I'm just boiling. Go ahead, Chris. You go ahead.
2: <laughs> All right, I'll I'll, I'll I'll tackle this one first. I'll give Evan a, a minute to calm down. Um, you know, I I I would say that yes, the Bucks. When you look at in terms of complete teams from top to bottom, they're up there with the best of them. Um, you know, the, the Lakers obviously invested a lot of money into Anthony Davis and LeBron, um, you know, and, and it does show when you look at their complete roster. But the reason why the Bucs work so well is because they're a team full of shooters and Giannis opens up those opportunities for them with his dominant inside. Game. If you take Giannis off of the Bucks, we're not even having them. An MVP conversation about anybody on the Bucks. If you take LeBron off of the Lakers, they could still be a playoff team. If Kuzma gets it together, you take LeBron off of the Lakers. I think they they could still potentially be a playoff team. I'm not saying a number one seed. I'm not saying LeBron's not important, but I'm, but LeBron is not important to the Lakers as Giannis is to the Bucks. All right, Evan explode on me.
1: So um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he he did touch on Kuzma there. I, I you did miss two extremely key players on the Lakers. Um, one of them being Kuzma. Obviously, I believe he's been coming off the bench, and he has he has had a little bit of struggles this year. But he's oh, yeah. I would I would take him over Bledsoe. I love Bledsoe, uh, mini LeBron there. I would take Kuzma over Bledsoe, just with the the efficiency between the two, because. Um, LeBron's your your point guard. Um AD, I mean you could argue AD's better than LeBron. Like right there, those two, those two players combined, you can't put you couldn't put four players on the on the Bucks to equal theirs cap hit or their league impact, probably over the next, you know, ten years. Um and the second player you you really miss there if at the Lakers are key is Danny Danny Green. He I know he he's a, he's a role player, but in his, his shooting efficiency, his three-point efficiency, it is equal to or better than Chris Middleton, um, Brooke Lopez. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, and then the, the, your center comparison there, I, I honestly would still, the way the Lakers play, I would take Dwight Howard over over Brooke Lopez. Um, with the way that the NBA is shooting now, Brook Lopez is an amazing addition if you have a player like a Giannis who can just get into the paint at will um for no reason and then just throw it out to somebody to shoot a three. Um Dwight Howard is perfect for a compliment of LeBron, Danny Green, and Anthony Davis, who are already sitting out at the at the perimeter where you can just sit in there and grab rebounds. Um he's not asked to do a whole lot. Um the Bucks, I the Bucks are a better team if you're if you're putting them all together, yes. But I think that the top four or five players there, if you're starting to compare um MVPs, all that, Giannis is the, the talent gap there between the Bucks, you know, bottom or top four players and the Lakers top four players, it's it's not even close.
0: I I can't agree with you with Danny Green. Danny Green is playing like seven minutes a game. Um he's a playoff he's, guy. he's only shooting like thirty percent from three. His three point efficiency is not what it was last year. Um, but again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree with mostly with what you guys are saying. Uh, I just had to uh, put my devil horns on (laughs) and uh, mess with that. But yeah, obviously, Ane Dekumbo is just, he's doing a season that we haven't seen in a decade. He's going to be the first person since Elijah Wan, in my opinion, to win both MVP and defensive player of the year. I don't see that not happening. And if it doesn't, it's purely because they don't want a third person. They don't want to talk about Giannis in the same breath as Elijah Wan and Michael Jordan. Um, he'd be only the third person to do it, but I, I don't see how you don't give him that uh, respect where it's due.
1: Yeah. I think the only other name you can throw out there for that defensive player of the year award would be of course, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, but I mean, the name name exposure isn't there.
0: Yeah, I mean his blocks per game is solid, uh, but I I mean when he comes up against somebody that's a little bit smaller that can get around him, Rudy can disappear for a game at a time. So you didn't see Giannis disappear defensively all year,
1: and we've all seen what uh, Steph Curry can do to Rudy Gobert's ankles as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Indeed. Can we?
2: Uh, oops, sorry.
0: No, go ahead. I was just gonna uh, ask you for your opinion on defensive player, but if you have more
2: to add on that, go ahead. Oh, defensive player. No, okay, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to touch on that first. Um, I I would agree with you. I think it's it's really hard not to give it to Giannis there. Um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't follow Rigo Gobert a ton this year. Um, I mean, I, I do know that he's he's definitely one of the top rim defenders in the league. Um, but I, I would have to give it to Giannis. I think Giannis's defensive impact translates throughout the rest of the books to their defensive efficiency is it's up there. Yeah, uh, Giannis is
0: one of maybe a dozen, maybe a little bit more than that, players that averaged over one block and one steal per game. He can do both. He doesn't have to just stick to one trick. So what were you going to add?
2: What did you want to talk about? I was just going to say that I think after we're done with, with these, I assume you're going to touch on it, but I, I did have something to add to your, all of your six-man-of-the-year talk. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, I, I, I don't think that he should necessarily win it, but I think one person that's, that's looked over in that conversation uh, is Dante DiVincenzo. I think that, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not giving him the award, but I think that he deserves a little bit more respect than he's getting. Um, his his defensive efficiency is is uh, really really good as well. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, um, but I've seen him pull through in a, a lot of clutch situations for the Bucks. But that's just the bias in me talking. Don't don't you think that that thought process
0: of having the sixth man of the year is hurting your uh, vote for MVP
2: a little I, I now? Mean, <laughs> no, I, I I don't. I I think that um, anybody who who is talking or who's going against Giannis for MVP is purely just doing it to play devil's advocate. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that there's too much of a real conversation there. Um, but I, I, and I, again, I, I don't think that Dante Divincenzo should win six man of the year. I, I just think he deserves to be in the conversation. Um, but a lot of that too is um, I, I, I don't think he would be there without Giannis. I think that without Giannis dominating the inside to open up the open three point opportunities and, Um, locking down the inside to make it a little bit easier to guard on the outside potentially. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think he deserves to be in the conversation with everybody else that's been brought up. I wanted to bring him up too. That's all. Can
1: I throw someone in there too, just because uh, he's not going to win a different award that he thinks he should get. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Then I'm going to throw in Kendrick Nunn. Uh, He, he, he feels so strong. He's going to get the, uh, 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 rookie of the year award which of course he doesn't deserve at all Um, but you know what we'll throw him in the six man a year of the year uh, conversation as well.
0: So I hate on the first attempt to do uh, scrub text already go against what we came here to talk about but let's (laughs) touch on that a little bit when it comes to the rookie of the year award uh, how much weight should be put on exceeding expectations because i think that's what Nun has in his back pocket nobody even thought about him in that talk when he got drafted it was always going to be zion and maybe john morant but here comes Nunn putting together amazing shows for the fans uh exceeding expectations what part of your thought process would go Towards that, if you got to vote for a rookie of the year, oh, um I, I think it's
1: all it's all random by year. I mean, yeah, there's always in any given year there might be two, three guys that deserve it. I mean, obviously you got to pick, you know, who's played the best, and and obviously expectations come into it. But if a top pick even comes close to expectations and and all that, I mean, they're they're going to win it just by name recognition. Um, the only real example I can throw out to you that it just, it's just not Kendrick Nunn's year is Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, if Kendrick Nunn was a rookie the same year that Malcolm Brogdon was, I mean, what I think that was the same year that Ben Simmons kept getting hurt. So he wasn't included in it where it's, it's random. Um, so there's always a couple players that are going to exceed, you know, those second round picks. I mean, I think about well, Draymond Green, I think he was a second round pick where you don't have much expectations anyways for anyone. Once you get out of the, Top fifteen picks, so anything you can get on him is nice.
0: Chris, what do you think? Do you think that you get more credit for exceeding expectations, or do you think that points and rebounds and assists and wins needs to be like a ninety-eight percent thought process?
2: I mean, I, I would think that everything else that you mentioned um, would, should and, and, and would be weighted a lot more heavily. Um, I think exceeding expectations will play a little bit of a part. Um, but, I, I mean, ultimately, you should be looking at stats. And, and just because somebody came out of nowhere and did well, but, you know, wasn't John Morant, I don't think that sh- that should be held against John Morant, that he was doing well before his rookie season in the, in the NBA. So he has a, you know. He's more recognized and was a higher draft pick. I I don't think that should be held against them.
1: Hey, hey Chris, do you know where Kendrick Nunn went to school?
2: (laughs) We don't need to play this game. Is that a you don't know? We don't need to play this game. There's no segment for that. (laughs)
1: Okay, well, we'll get back to that at a later time (laughs) then. There's
0: no segment for that. Maybe that's a game we play. Maybe not. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, solid first segment, guys. Uh, You guys take care, and we'll talk later.
2: Sounds good. Have a good one, gentlemen.
0: Yes, sir. You guys, too. Bye-bye.